0: Good afternoon, world. This is uh, your favorite podcast, Cambrian Explosion, uh, coming to you with your hosts, uh, Yawer and Nabil. And today we want to talk about, uh, well, democracy.
1: Yeah, I, I want to start off with, uh, with a little uh, anecdote, which I think is very relevant to how Canadian elections tend to be. And that anecdote is about uh, my aunt. And she, in the last elections, she came over and she went like, I voted strategically and I voted for the Liberal Party. Uh, And I went like, did you check the writing? Did you know that in your writing, the NDP was the leader? And so in your writing, voting strategically would have meant voting with the NDP. She was very disappointed at having voted for the liberal party because her heart in terms of policies is definitely with the NDP Um, and it it highlights uh, some of the challenges around strategic voting and other issues that are there uh, in um, in what we see and keep in mind elections are a technology at the end of the day for understanding representation etc it's a broad definition of technology but there are technology
0: yeah it's a system for choosing your representatives you, you have to have some kind of a system otherwise it's chaos so we came up with this specific system which works um, uh, allegedly uh, for uh, the purpose
1: yeah but, but I think there's there, there's there's some challenges because I mean, let's start off with what is strategic vote. Like, I use that term, but what does that mean right. to you?
0: So you know Nabil's aunt and many of us, we are very we often have to think about how to vote strategically in elections because um, there are certain uh, candidates that we support, but other candidates are more viable, mainstream, and we don't want certain other candidates to come in and get the uh, elected. So uh, this is like, um, I mean, this is kind of like a, a very um, super, super known uh, thing to do. Uh, like people have been doing it for a long time and uh, we think we know how to do it, but often we f- found that, find out that we didn't actually do it properly. And we accidentally didn't vote for perhaps the person that we wanted to or should have. So the what's the, what is the problem that's being solved by strategic voting? Um, Well, the problem with voting in general is that right now you can vote for only one candidate in any particular position, right? So, Mm. You have to make a choice. You can't just vote for any number of candidates who you like. You have to vote for one. So only one candidate can be elected at the end of the day, which is fine. But then you have to choose one specific and give them the vote. So it uh, fundamentally there is a uh, conflict between the number of candidates on any ballot and the single candidate who will ultimately get elected and to resolve this conflict we've come up with many different strategies for how to choose and pick and what's our criteria and what's the party and what's the platform and policies and the electoral promises that they make and all of these things combine into one giant like uh, kind of thing that you have to track in your head and make a decision ultimately at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, it's you have to make a decision whether you um, take your cue from newspapers like, like the Toronto Star endorsing the NDP, Liberals and Greens in the last election to prevent a PC majority, which of course ultimately failed. Now Doug Ford got elected. Um, but, um, it, you know, it's kind of, It's funny because we have these workarounds. Strategic voting is, after all, a workaround for the problem of um, having multiple candidates, but only a single winner.
1: Well, well, I think think part of the thing that I find frustrating with, with the concept of strategic voting, there are parties and there are policies and there are issues that aren't necessarily mainstream but do need to become mainstream. And I find that like if you're if you're in the Green party and there's always strategic voting going on you're you're never going to be able to push the policies that you believe need to be pushed because your voters are always there's always additional policies that your that your voters are voting for but also part of the thing is that that because the conservative and liberal parties and the NDP; those three parties have such a large uh, vote share. There's a there's a belief that some of those smaller parties and therefore some of those smaller issues can never win. So they never get, even if they could win at a point, they you know just because of that that belief. There's 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 always that um, those sets of of issues and that they are bringing and policies that they are bringing are always left on the side and, and they're never discussed and some of the most interesting uh developments actually come from 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 some of those parties you know from 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 those points of view and and so, like, I think, I think you say that it's strategic voting is a is a, is a is a is a way to get around some of those things, some of the challenges in 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 our in a, in the electoral system. Um, yeah, there are
0: two ways of thinking about it, right? Yeah. So the the first school of thought is that strategic voting is actually you, we should not be doing it we should always vote for our honest, uh, preferred candidate and not vote strategically for other candidates Mm -hmm. because we think that they are more mainstream. Because the argument goes that if we vote honestly, then it will help our candidate ultimately and uh, it might even push them into a mainstream position and even one day help them win. The other argument is that in, in a voting system where you have to vote for only one winner mm. uh, in on the ballot, um, it mathematically does not make sense to vote for anybody else except for the two major parties because there is a kind of a sociological phenomenon by which uh, such uh democracies end up with two major parties the case in point being um us democrats republicans uh, canada liberals and conservatives these two major parties uh are split almost 50 50 down the middle between the you know for 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 votes of the general public and uh everybody else is pushed into a such a tiny minority that um, you know, voting for them is basically throwing away your vote. These two viewpoints are in obviously in uh direct, yeah, stark opposition to each other. Yeah. So, what's actually the way forward?
1: But, well, to me, the question really becomes how do you what are the outcomes that you want out of out of out of uh election system? Because if you if you if you end up with a two-party system, you'll end up also with what happens in the U.S. Uh, more, you know, like thirty percent to fifty percent of the population is just disengaged from the from the um, uh, elect- electoral cycle. Uh, even in 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 Ontario, as as this has folded out, uh, you know, we had the lowest uh, voter turnout in, in an Ontario provincial election at. Forty-three percent of eligible voters. Um, uh, this is this isn't good. We want we want more representation, not less representation, and we want policies that are supported by more people, in um, uh, less disenfranchisement. We. So what 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 makes a good electoral 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 system? In so.
0: Yeah. So the problem that you just pointed out, people are just not voting. And the current elected representatives, as you said, are elected by less than half of the population who could vote. This is a really big problem. And why is this happening? I mean, this is a difficult question to answer. Uh, we are saying that it's disengagement. It's People are fed up and tired and don't have the mental space uh, or energy to, to deal with this system where their votes are such a you know theoretically it's so simple you just vote for one person or candidate or party but in reality it turns into this giant complication where you have to strategic think strategically you have to look at all of the platforms and promises and all that stuff so but what's the alternative right like what uh, can be done about this? Like, um, well, first we need to understand that what actually are good outcomes and what do those look like? The first and most important one is obviously high turnout. Um, You know, you cannot have a viable system of representation when less than half of your voters are, are, are voting so most people are not actually electing the representatives this is really bad um you could force people to vote you could again this is not something that i think that an open society should do to force people um although it is a civic it can be considered a civic duty one of the most important ones but still i mean (laughs) To me, it's it would be a very difficult proposition. Um, I think
1: I think I think you know you wouldn't need to to, to force people to vote if mm-hmm. they believe that their vote counted. Mm-hmm. And and I think it it talks to uh, how effective your vote is. So so you could call it a, a spoilage rate, you know, in in that sense. Like mm-hmm. how many votes are actually measured in terms of the final outcome and 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 have an impact on that. Not not. I know we can talk about ballot spoilage in terms of wasted ballots, right? Right. right. And and one of the ways to talk about wasted ballots is 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 wasted ballots because they were improperly input, right? That's that's a separate technological issue. Sure. But but the but the but but the social issue and the psychological issue is, if I vote, will my vote count?
0: Right. So obviously in any election with multiple candidates, there will be one winner and all of the other candidates' votes will be essentially thrown away or wasted. Yeah. If your candidate does not win, your vote is essentially amounting to zero. Yeah. It's a zero-sum game. Yeah. Uh, many, you know, there is a thought process here that, that look, why don't we turn this from a zero-sum game into a, an actual uh, v- truly representative yeah. uh, system where everybody's votes are counted and impact their representation proportionately. So if candidate you know or party X gets fifty percent of the vote, party y gets, Twenty-five percent, and Party Z gets twenty-five percent. Then, in any legislative system, they should be allocated the uh, an, an amount of seats that are proportional to their votes. So mm-hmm. then you would have a proportional representation system.
1: Well, but, but that's that's one way of making it count. Right? There's 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 more than one way of making it count. Um, so proportionality is is one of them. Um, having to 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 vote on multiple candidates is another way. Having to vote on issues is, is a third way, right? Um, uh, I, think, I think I also want to put in a couple of other outcomes that, that I think are uh, 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 that are that are important. So I think justice delayed is justice denied. So the election should be at the or the process should be timely. Uh, it should be transparent and auditable, because you know that's the other thing that we—that's the—that's the one thing Trump has been claiming uh, the Biden-Trump elections weren't right, uh, transparent and auditable. So uh, that's important. Uh, representation of issues rather than personality. So, as I said, are you voting on a person or or are you voting for the actual issues? And is there a way to capture? key issues in the voting system itself. And then it shouldn't like, you know, we 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 have had multiple elections in a very short space of time for city, for for the province, for the country.
0: Federal, yeah.
1: So so in each each cycle of election does cost us money. Uh, so it should also be something that is relatively uh, cheaper to do. Uh, and easy to implement, so that everybody can follow. So I think I think those that's that's to me the matrix that I see. Do you see any anything else to be added in that in that matrix of like what's what makes a good election?
0: Yeah, um, you know, concretely having to wait a long time and having controversies about the count and rec- having to recount and having to, you know, be not being able to understand how the votes were being counted and how the winners were being decided, this erodes confidence in democracy. All of these things Mm. are super important. Mm. Um, There are systems and methods which can improve or or move the scale in either direction in in, in these kinds of issues. For example, one uh, method that has been tried recently in uh, Ontario is that that um, Ontario until recently at the municipal level uh, was able to choose a different voting system than our usual um, choose one voting system. So the different one was ranked ballot mm-hmm. voting or also known as instant runoff voting, IRV. Mm-hmm. And this was tried in London, Ontario. And in general, the... Um, the 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 kind of this new system was well received um mm. in London, Ontario, and uh, attracted uh, I believe, more candidates than would otherwise have uh, you know, stood for election. Mm. But uh, ultimately, w- what happened? it it was rolled back by Doug Ford because they said, you know, the Ford government said that, uh, we don't want complicated, expensive, uh, different methods um, in democracy. We want to keep you know everything the same so that you know it's fair for for everybody or, or cheap.
1: Did, didn't didn't Trudeau make some promises around the election around his his first election as well for for changing the uh, voting right. system? And what did he promise?
0: So back in 2015, when you know, as we remember, when when we had the red wave. And the liberals came into power after Stephen Harper's government was ousted,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and bef- you know around that time, just, uh, Justin Trudeau had been fairly, um, you know, assertive about this election promise that he had made that he would, uh, you know, make sure that that was the last election where Canada Canadians would vote via the choose-one voting method or plurality voting. Hmm. He, he distinctly promised that, you know, that exact he made that exact promise. Hmm. But since coming into power, he uh, has more or less ignored that promise and made some kind of um, justifications that, uh, well, Canadians aren't really interested in this kind of uh, electoral reform uh, he claimed to have done a S- Statistics Canada survey, which was apparently a uh, an online survey, which didn't restrict anybody from participating. So anyone could go into the survey and fill it out. And um, they asked questions like that, which were slanted in a way that would kind of discourage changes. So it it's not even clear. What he, you know, what that whether he was basing his conclusions on an unbiased um, survey or a sample, but it is clear that many people were disappointed by this broken promise, and that there is still a lot of interest throughout Canada for um, improving, you know, electoral reform.
1: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question slightly differently, uh, and the question to me really becomes, hey. I'm seeing over here the, the, when there was an opportunity for the Conservatives to experiment with it, they nixed it at the Ontario municipal level, right? When Trudeau made a promise, the Liberal Party made a promise to deliver this change to, to Canadians, they also nixed it. They also got rid of it. Now, to me, it's a, it's a catch-22 for these parties, both the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party. They, they are the dominant parties. So for them not changing the electoral system, whatever the reasoning might be, is the you know, whatever official reason they might give. It's in their interest for yeah. the system to, to continue, yeah, to continue as, as it is because
0: they have no incentive to change.
1: They have no incentive to change, yeah. Except for the incentive which we looked at earlier, mm. which is that there is there is uh, uh, more and more people getting dis- disenfranchised from the mm. election system.
0: Disengaged, yeah.
1: Disengaged. And, and, and what 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 I understand of the election system is that it's also you know uh, every four years it allows you to have some of the societies pent up pressure, you know, anger, etc., around issues to be to be let out because they believe that by voting they're making a difference to society right that's that's the psychology behind behind
0: well that's the thought process behind voting in elections is that we choose yeah the people who who will represent us yes. and we you ch- can change that
1: choice yes and and so to me, the the, the question really becomes like there are to mean there are indicators that people do want to change uh something about the elections it might not be the actual uh, voting mechanism, but you know, disengaged voters means that there's something wrong in the election system. One of the things that could be wrong is basically how it is being run, whether this this current formulation of it, and whether we have uh, you know uh, approval rating or rank ballot or some other form is is. And we might not have decided what it is, but you know, it's it's worth discussing, and it's not the Two major parties who are going to lead us there. So we, how do we find a way to get there and have those serious discussions and get the two major parties involved as well?
0: Well, the proof is in the pudding. The two major parties don't have the incentive in Canada or mm. in the U.S. for mm. that matter. Who does then? Well, third parties like the NDP in Canada. Mm. Uh, in fact, there are in like it's my personal belief. I'm not basing this on. Any real facts but I do believe that there is a lot of support for the NDP, but people are afraid to vote for them because of what we said earlier strategic voting and letting the conservatives into power again and the the NDP loses support because of this uh, issue and I feel that electoral reform would really be in their interest because they would get they would be able to get a true measure of the support that they have in Canada when people are not scared of voting for them. Uh, It's a system of fear. I think that Mm. keeps us locked in this two way kind of face off Mm. with the two major parties. Mm. It's um, disengagement. People are fed up and most people don't even vote. And, I mean, you mentioned earlier that the voting, the whole point of the idea behind voting is that we come out every X number of years and, you know, make our voices heard and our frustrations heard with the current government and change the government if we want. But that's, in reality, that ends up, not really making any difference because the two major parties, they act on in almost exactly the same way, except a a few words are different here and there. And ultimately at the end of the day, they act exactly the same way when they're in power. So
1: I think what really changes, I I think, you know, and this is, I think a great uh, spot to actually um, um, talk to the audience here. We highlighted some issues. We highlighted what strategic voting is. We talked about, a bit about approval voting and ranked ballot. Um, in fact, I'm, 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 I'm going to, um, after I frame this question for the audience, I'm, I, I would love to have your breakdown of what, what each one of these is as a closer to the, closer to the uh, podcast. But I think it's a great question for the audience. Here are some issues that we highlighted. Here are some challenges that we highlighted. Do you agree with us? Uh, If you agree with us or disagree, please let us know. And if you do agree with us and you think that the two major parties are not going to bring this issue up and not going to change the system, then how do we go about uh, changing the election system Uh, And bringing those two other, the two major parties, to actually agree with this, Uh, I want to I want to throw that question out to the audience, you know, uh, if we if we can. Um, But yeah, I I also want to come back uh, to 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 you and and actually ask you um, on on. what the two three different formats are that are available for for voting like uh, you understand these better than I do and, and you always explain them to me so there is ranked ballot what is that so what is first past what what are the two, sure three, what are these two three
0: things so like I mentioned choose one voting plurality voting this is our current system it's also known as first past the post like we pick one candidate from the ballot and that is the candidate you vote for and all of the votes are counted up and the candidate with the most votes wins. Uh, that's what we have right now. Yeah. Um, so what, are, what's, what's, uh, by contrast, you know, I mentioned earlier in London, Ontario, they tried ranked ballots and what's ranked ballots. Well, it's a system where you have to rank all of the candidates on each ballot in order so you as a voter go in and you rank each candidate with the each person is assigned you assign a single rank to each candidate and all the ranks have to be different so rank one two three four five and so on and so forth and there is a system by which all of these rankings are counted up and then they are uh, Kind of measured against each other, and then the rankings are redistributed uh, among the highest ranking candidates. And then this process goes on and on over and over again in a loop until we reach one candidate who, through this process of redistribution of rankings, uh, reaches more than 50% or the majority of uh, the votes or ranks. So if you want to understand this process in more detail, I would definitely recommend looking up instant runoff voting and seeing how that works. Personally, I think it's a super complicated method Um, Mm -hmm. there. And it takes a lot of time to count these uh, ballots and rankings and redistribute them and run multiple rounds of runoffs. because you have to verify all of these things right you can't just have a computer do it uh, and in canada we vote by paper vote so you can't again uh, even if you have a computer account do your do your computer scans and and count the ballots like that you still have to have humans who verify them so to me i'm biased but you know i will explicitly say that i, I favor one particular method which is called approval voting which is A system where you have a ballot which looks almost exactly like what we have today you have a ballot with check boxes for multiple candidates and you can check and vote for uh any number of candidates on the ballot and each of your checks counts as a vote for that candidate um and the way that this differs from first past the post what we have right now is that you don't have to you're not restricted to just one choice. You can choose all of the people who you find acceptable, who you approve of. So if you are, if you like the NDP, you can vote for them. If you accept liberals as well, then you can vote for them. If you like green, you can vote for them. <clears throat> Conservative, Black Québécois, et cetera, et cetera. You can vote for whoever you want and you're not restricted and your ballot won't be thrown away. If you vote for multiple, all of the votes will be counted. They'll add; they are added up. They're summed up in uh, just the normal way that you would expect. Each vote for each candidate is summed up, and at the end of the day, whoever has the most votes wins. There's no runoff rounds. There's no redistribution of rankings. There's nothing like that. It's just adding up. <clears throat> and you know, to me, I greatly, I vastly prefer this because of its simplicity. Uh, it's uh, Cheaper to implement, uh, educate people about how to do it. You know, with ranked ballots, you have to have a lot of education campaigns about. Oh, you have to rank people like this and then like that. With approval voting, there's not nothing. You just say to, just check all the boxes for any of the candidates that you like, and that's it. We'll just count them.
1: Very cool. I think I think it's it's very cool to learn about these different uh, systems. Uh, I I. I like the idea of being able to vote on issues, but I don't think that that's something that's coming up anytime soon. And I don't know if there's any methodologies for that.
0: So one thing is that there could be an indirect impact. When you have systems which allow for ranking or voting for more candidates than we have right now, then it encourages more candidates to stand up and, you know, stand up for election. Than we have right now, and it, it encourages a diversity of candidates. This is, for example, we saw we saw this in in London, Ontario. More diverse candidates uh, stood for election than would ordinarily. Um, they were convinced to do so because of the of the voting uh, the different voting system, the innovation. Um, but fundamentally, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would have to say uh, my closing argument is that, <clears throat> as we were saying earlier, every X number of years, voting is fine, but democracy is mo- about more than just voting every X number of years, right? Democracy is when citizens actually get involved and push for changes uh, via whatever democratic means, uh, whether that's voting or by calling up their representatives and making a case for why certain things should be supported, certain initiatives should be done. And an example of this is we have a citizens assembly on electoral reform in Canada, which is actually ongoing. And it recognizes that our, democr- our democratic systems need uh, improving and uh, a citizen's assembly could be an acceptable or could be an effective way to bring about the, the agreement and the legitimacy to do that.
1: But well, you know, I, 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 before we got into the different types of electoral system, I left a question with the audience. Um, I think this is one methodology for that and and i and I'd li- love for the audience to go explore this as well and see what's happening. It's going to be in the show notes please do check them out um and I think this is a, a great closer uh for the podcast as well because it leaves us with uh, with something to explore and something to share with the audience which which they can explore and, and see if if how they align with some of these issues uh so that would yeah. be a goodbye from our side
0: yeah it's uh kind of. Democracy is in your hands.
1: Democracy is in your hands. Take care. Bye bye. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers.